0: everyone welcome back to functional spirituality for those of you who don't know how to subscribe to the show basically you search functional spirituality on your app and there should be a little check mark um, or a plus button that will allow you to subscribe and if you do that that means that the episodes of the show are going to appear on your app when you sign in and I like that. I subscribe to a bunch of different shows. Um, some are more business related, some are spirituality related, some are like I like the Muji meditations. And although I don't want to always listen to all of them all the time, it's good to have them up there as a reminder of what I like to listen to. Um, and it's just one of those things that helps and makes it more likely for you to get access to the supports and the, um, spiritual and philosophical information that you really enjoy. And that helps you, um, by kind of leveraging the technology. So for all of those who are asking, how do you subscribe? There should be a plus button or some kind of tick. And after that, it'll say that you follow the show. So we're continuing on with this series about philosophical perspectives that help us to zoom out of our fixation on views or beliefs, side holding and cherishing that a lot of us are caught up in at this time in February 2022 that is actually causing a lot of anxiety and I've gotten a lot of great feedback that these kinds of perspectives are opening the mind, opening the heart increasing that connection, opening us up back to the world um, where we may have actually been getting smaller and smaller and smaller and our threshold of awareness has been getting lower and lower and lower as we're actually regressing into the trauma that's getting triggered into this time. Um, So that is an amazing opportunity to regress into our trauma. It's very painful. It can also harm those around us, but it can also be an opportunity for transformation. So thanks for tuning in again. um, I don't know if any of you saw, but I posted on Facebook yesterday a little spiel, um, (laughs) about the kinds of things we've been talking about on the episode a little bit, just kind of my thoughts. It it comes across as a bit of a rant and it kind of blew up a little bit. You can, if you're not my friend, you can just search me, Ava Arani, on on Facebook and become friends or check out the post because it it definitely brought up, it was really tame um, for that kind of post, but it brought up a lot of um, different perspectives and different feelings from the different sides. And it kind of brought up Um, a few of those kind of extremist views, what I have been talking about in the past episodes um, that are actually a false refuge. So this term false refuge, it's a psychological term. It's coming from Buddhism where to be a Buddhist is to take refuge in the triple gem. So according to Buddhism, the triple gem is basically a three-part sacred support system or refuge, which is made up of one, the Buddha, which is basically the transcendent or enlightenment or this existential reality beyond what is manifested and beyond our person. So that the present moment, you could say, so taking refuge in the Buddha the Dharma, which is the teaching or the philosophical perspective that connects us to to that greater peace, and the Sangha, which is the spiritual community that which supports us, connects us, holds us accountable, and yeah, supports us on our journey. And that's what we should take refuge in. And if we are wanting to be a Buddhist, one of the parts of that initiation is to is to take refuge in the triple gem opposed to taking refuge in anything else and in many ways renouncing all of the other refuges. But the idea of a false refuge is an internal or an external support system that we use to feel protected or safe from threats or suffering or pain That doesn't actually help us, but provides some kind of small temporary relief that actually creates more suffering. So it perpetuates more of what we are trying to get rid of. I think you can see where I'm going with this, which is this idea that we are taking refuge in a historical tendencies is something we have done for millennia and it's the tendency of trying to find a sense of refuge and safety and belonging by creating a group of others that needs to be opposed the idea of othering so imagining that there are other people out there who are a threat it could be the government it could be unvaccinated people and it could be a a whole bunch of other things but obviously that's what we've been chatting about recently and it's about taking this firm side and feeling a sense of belonging with others that are also loyal to this side and holding it really tightly and merging with this perspective so there's no space anymore and there's this sense of connection and it that sense of connection is due to really disconnecting from the humans on the other side of this judgment blame and this kind of story making about the wrong harmful dangerous toxic criminal people on the other side and we do it because it creates a sense of relief exactly as drinking alcohol or smoking a joint or eating some food or you know other addictions getting addicted to work or working out it provides this little relief it makes the heart feel safe it makes us feel like we're connected to something that's going to support us and why would we be? Why do we need refuge? We're, the reason that this false refuge taking is happening on such a mass level is because the threats are so huge. We are feeling incredibly unsafe. There is this fear of disease, there's a fear of misinformation. There's a fear of economic collapse, of civil war, of uncertainty about the future, of the disruption to our business, to our livelihood, to our access to resources or employment or to correct information. There are so many really extreme threats going on. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of things to be scared of. And that heightens the anxiety inside of our nervous systems and drives us towards false refuges. So this is something that just happens automatically. Historically, it's happened automatically. And we're, we're living in an age now where we can wake up from biological tendencies that mix with our environmental current environmental circumstances to create really negative circumstances, which is what we're seeing here with this kind of division. So the the false refuges today that I just want to highlight are basically compliance versus conspiracy. So those that are taking a false refuge, and so the false refuge is when we really adhere to these, These beliefs, and it's giving us a temporary high and a temporary sense of belonging and connection, which is actually not as many as many, even though many people think it's like you know, we're elevating and we're awakening, and this is the transcendence now, it's actually lowering the threshold of awareness meaning it's making us less aware of what's going on and it's heightening a few of these um, false triggers inside of us of connection or narrow small triggers of connection and it's cutting us away from our wider sense of being and of connection with the community Um, you know, in the post I put up yesterday, there's a lot of talk about, you know, 95% of adults believe one thing. And then there's this tiny fringe population that's totally, um, incorrect. And that's, you know, one side with the anti-vaxxers and stuff. And it's really narrowing the conversation and the, the issues that are at hand and that narrowing by very intelligent people is giving them a sense of like I'm doing the right thing and it's you know it's coming from a healthy urge inside of us to be connected to do the right thing to move things forward to be safe to support others it's coming from such healthy desires inside of us but of course it's it's just highlighting and exacerbating the, you know, the situation that we're in, in this pandemic, the pandemic is exacerbating the trauma, unprocessed trauma that lives in every single person's nervous system. Listen back to the episode, which says the theory of how we got here. Listen to the free workshop on developmental trauma, which hopefully will reveal to you how much trauma is living in your nervous system, our nervous system. It's millennia of a trauma, which doesn't mean that we got beaten up or abused, although that is also likely to have happened, but the trauma means biological needs that have not been met in the exact way that they needed in a certain time. That creates a jarring of the nervous system. And because of the way our society is, that jarring gets compounded. So listen to those other episodes to get a more detailed explanation of how that all works. But yeah, so we'll just unpack a little bit about these two sides. And like I said, there are extremists on both ends, and I wish I could talk people back down from that ledge of extremism, but I I mean, my community is filled with them. Um, our communities are filled with them, right? Those people that you cannot talk down from their ledge, they are from the edge, they are just, so one-sided and so fixated if you ask them you know what would help you to see the middle they say that's impossible i never want to see the middle i never want to see the other side i never want to believe that i don't want anything to take me from this refuge i have of being fixated on one side and there's another episode a little while back um called passion versus fixation so you can still feel really strongly about something While being connected to that greater whole. So, really, this podcast is for you, um, for us, those of us who are using philosophy and spirituality to slowly, 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 not extreme, not quickly and extremely, but just slowly expand our sphere of refuge to include more people include more ideas include more practices so yeah thanks for listening you're such a valued part of my experience and my community and i'm sure of yours as well not to you know be all culty but i really feel like you are very special for listening to this so Some of us, and and I I move between the two as well, so some of us might be leaning more to compliance and some of us might be leaning more to conspiracy. So people that take a false refuge in compliance are, they 100% follow everything that the rule makers say to a T and do not question it. And I've, I've had heaps of our members, many members from Spanda explain to me that they don't really know what's going on. It's so confusing. They cannot find access to information that f- makes them feel safe and comfortable. So what makes them feel safe is to have parameters and then to follow them to a T and to just relax and rely on the rule makers to do their best And then their only responsibility is to just follow that because it's so hard to navigate and find other helpful or correct information and supportive information. So trusting authority without question is not a problem. If that authority is trustworthy, You know, if there was no corruption and the government always acted in the best interests of the people and there wasn't coercion and there was creativity and there was inspiration, there are some people who believe that. They believe there's no corruption and the government is always perfect acting in the best interest. But those people are quite fringe because a majority of the population outside of the pandemic time can see the effects of the leadership in our complex social and environmental issues we do have serious issues Um, there is corruption there is trauma on all levels of our society even the division that we're seeing in our population right now it isn't healthy debate it's super toxic it's super hate-filled So the evidence that we should not be trusting our authority without question is there. Um, But at this time, you know, just complying, it seems like the best option for people. And that's fine. But then there are those people on the extreme end taking a false refuge in compliance and then being like these upholders that everyone should comply. And then they move into this realm of policing Everyone else, bullying everyone else, that everyone needs to comply 100%. Anyone who does want to question, either question 100% of everything or even question 5% and try to navigate those gray areas with more of their own responsibility, they are, you know, being policed, blamed, judged, trying to be, they're basically being made into these wrong and criminal. Others. And that othering and wronging of and grouping of people is a false refuge because it makes you, it makes people feel like, oh, well, I'm with my 100% compliance people and I can troll all over Facebook and go into people's posts and not mine, but uh, you see it in other people's, like in these threads of comments of people just being really toxic and really hate filled. It's crazy to think that that would be a refuge, but those people, they get high from that a little bit. And then the opposite is the conspiracy refuge, where it's pretty much the exact same thing, but it's following non-mainstream media sources as the authority and following those narratives to a T. And, you know, patching over the gaps in the information and the gray areas with conspiracy narratives and just because we live in a democracy and the nature of our society is to question and improve our society it doesn't mean that we need to question everything and it doesn't mean that every questioner and every question is automatically correct as long as it's not coming from the mainstream this is a neurological psychological process when it comes to conspiracy you know, it, it helps people to restore the integrity of their thinking, to bring their thinking back into wholeness, to fill it up with these conspiracy stories. And that's all fine. I'm, you know, I can be very fringe and very unconventional in many ways, but I'm not going to adhere to a conspiracy and be so convinced of this alternative narrative that it actually positions people that i don't know personally as others it's not about who's got the right science i mean it's just from from this kind of outsider's perspective to see both sides so confident in their science so confident in their media sources So confident in their leaders, so confident in their side, so confident in their, in the criminality of the other side, like that should say something that the attitude with which these sides are holding their opinions are like a mechanism of their thoughts rather than a proximity to the truth of the matter it's actually you know having studied trauma so deeply myself i can see that i mean especially as the way the sides talk about their their viewpoints i can see that it is coming from a wounding it's not inspired it's a fight it's a war it's a, my side is right, others are wrong. Wait till you see, you know. I think I've mentioned maybe on another podcast that, you know, what I've kind of noticed is that 100% compliance side, you know, everyone needs to get vaccinated without question, and everyone who doesn't is wrong and criminal. You know, they've got this real sense of guilt that leads them to want to police shame and blame others. And it's like, yeah, a way of overcoming that. And then from the conspiracy side, there's just so much anger and hate. um, And, you know, that policing and that guilt, it or sorry, the policing and the blaming is not wrong in and of itself. The anger and the hate is not wrong in, in and of itself, but it's coming from something that is outside of this circumstance and that's what suffering is it's bringing in conditioning and patterns from outside of the circumstance from the past and applying it to this circumstance out of a compulsion so without the freedom and the choice to choose how you want to think and how you want to behave about something You're way too close to the thoughts. So yeah, in my um, post yesterday, I felt like I loved how a couple of people brought up their challenges with what I was saying, but I didn't feel like it was really getting what I was actually wanting to talk about. It was like that debate. It was just their previous rhetoric they're bringing to the comments. I'm like, "We're, we're not even talking to each other. You're just pulling out your arguments that that you bring to these kinds of conversations in an attempt to kind of diminish or convince the other side and I'm not trying to do that so then the conversation is didn't feel like it was really productive unfortunately and you know if if anyone is thinking that their conversation is not productive it's a huge invitation to look at the way that Like it's an invitation for me to look at the way I'm communicating. So yeah, I haven't really cracked that code yet about those people that, you know, those people I really want to talk down from the ledge. Haven't cracked the code yet, but I still think that these philosophical conversations and these ideas are, it's really helpful for me. To navigate the pandemic personally and from a business standpoint, but also just to get more insight into the richness of, of how trauma can manifest, you know, on this global scale. It's been, it's been really, really fascinating. So as always, really interested to hear your thoughts I love all the private messages, and as always, we'll pop a post up inside of the Facebook group for you to comment your thoughts and for us to have a little chat about things. So thank you so much for listening, and I will be on the podcast with you again next week.